Hi, I'm Nora, and I love church. I struggle with all lives matter. <laughs> Personally, I find myself very much on the side of Black Lives Matter, not because all lives don't matter, uh, because all lives do matter. Like this is the this is the I think semantics that we get into when we start this conversation. So so to begin with, um, Black Lives Matter is either something I say and immediately you're like, yes, they do, fist in the air. Yes. Say it. Um, say it with your chest. Right. Uh, or uh, you are uh, angry that I'm saying black lives matter. Yeah. Defund the church. Rebuild the kingdom. Ain't no doubt. Time to wake up because the church walls shouldn't be there to keep people out. Yeah. Let's come together. Ready for change. Now is the time. We are one unit that is under God. Let's put an end to the racial divide. Uh. Gotta scream it out louder. Let's rebuild the kingdom from the ground up. Bringing unity in the community and keep the Holy Spirit all around us. Yeah, yeah. Defund the church. Let's go. Defund the church. I'm Frank Turner here with Pastor Justin Douglas of the Belong Collective. And we want to thank all our first-time listeners for joining. And if you have if you haven't done it already, subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, Podbean, Google Play, and other major podcast platforms. Uh, for those who are not first-time listeners, welcome back. Thank you for coming on. We have another interesting topic today. I'm gonna I'm gonna pass this one to the pastor. But before I do, it's a very uh, there's a three letter acronym that has got the America up in arms, and it's BLM. And I, I want to kind of frame this episode as uh, to BLM or not BLM. That is the question, and I want to leave that right there and let you uh, kind of weigh in on that. Yeah. So uh, Frank, uh, BLM. Definitely uh, something that everyone knows now, Black Lives Matter. Um, I think the origins of it started in St. Louis uh, during um, the protests uh, that followed um, the killing of Michael Brown. Uh, at that point, you know, we had seen Trayvon Martin and the, the reality of um, that whole situation and just the, the, the cultural conversation that that started. And um, there was just this cry that like Black Lives Matter. Um, and I struggle with all lives matter. <laughs> Personally, I find myself very much on the side of Black Lives Matter, not because all lives don't matter, um, because all lives do matter. Like this is the, this is the, I think, semantics that we get into when we start this conversation. So, so to begin with, um, Black Lives Matter is either something I say and immediately you're like, yes, they do. Fist in the air. Yes. Say it. Um, say it with your chest, right? Uh, or uh, you are uh, angry that I'm saying Black Lives Matter. Um, I think we should examine uh, why that phrase would make us angry. Now, I, I do want to recognize there is an organization called Black Lives Matter. It's important, I think, when we talk about Black Lives Matter to recognize it's, it's really two things. Um, it's an organization and it's a phrase. Um, and you can separate the two things. Um, football is a game and it's also the NFL. Um, those are two different things, but they're kind of the same. Does that make sense? Um, uh, basketball is a game, but it's also the NBA and it's also the NCAA. There's, 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 there's a weaving in and out of the two is what I guess I'm saying. 
So I don't want to say that when I say Black Lives Matter, that it's obvious that I don't support the organization. And it's not that I don't support the organization. I'm just saying, I do think you can say the phrase Black Lives Matter without ever giving a dollar to the organization if you're unsure of the organization's motives, agendas, um, and, and such. And some have claimed that the organization is Marxist. The organization is connected to a variety of people, um, the, the, the founders of the organization and those who are, who are leaders within the organization. I think also to recognize that like some of these new grassroots movements like Black Lives Matter um, intentionally have a leadership structure that is broad. And I, can, I could open a Black Lives Matter chapter in my city right now without any oversight from Black Lives Matter headquarters as if there is one. Like, so it's really important to recognize that like whatever you see or hear from a group that's, that's using the name Black Lives Matter, that's not necessarily sanctioned by anybody or like it's not, it's not a top-down institutional type you know, thing. So um, you could have a very conservative chapter of Black Lives Matter and you could have an incredibly liberal chapter of Black Lives Matter. It is true that some of the organizers have said things that are uh, Marxist, um, I think largely around capitalism and anti-capitalism rhetoric. And I guess I would just say a couple things to that. I don't really have a strong opinion about whether or not you should support BLM as an organization or the founders of BLM. But I will say this, Martin Luther King Jr. was consistently discredited as a Marxist. Like if you go back and just Google Martin Luther King Jr. Marxist and you'll find all kinds of rhetoric about him being a Marxist. Um, you'll also find that Martin Luther King Jr. criticized capitalism pretty regularly. It's actually one of the things that we don't want to talk about because it still exists today and we're still very much in love with capitalism. And so um, it, his particular worldview of economics and economic justice, which he talks about regularly, um, was critiqued as Marxist in his time. Um, and I would say inaccurately critiqued as such. And I wonder if we're just doing that again to discredit a movement trying to bring humanity to people who, and dignity to people who ultimately have not been provided such. So let's just start here. All of us can say Black Lives Matter. And um, three, three, four years ago, I stood on a stage at our church. We had... Um, the YWCA racial justice coordinator come in and uh, I gave about 10 minute talk on the history of racism in the church. Very similar to the defund the church um, video. Uh, we even a little more in depth to some of the history. And then I just said, black lives matter. I said, they do. They always have. They certainly matter to God and they should matter to the church. They should matter to each of us as followers of Christ. Um, God, God's image is placed within every human being. And ultimately, some have treated black people as if the image of God is not on display within them. And the church should be the first ones pushing back and saying black lives matter. So I said that. And then I interviewed the racial justice coordinator who just shared some of the injustices in our nation, but then ultimately even in our community and just gave some more context for, uh, for the realities of injustice happening in our world. And uh, we had multiple people leave our church after that. So just want to say, I know that this is polarizing, um, even 
three, four years later, it's still polarizing to say black lives matter. I think the best analogy I have for this is that as a pastor, I journey with a lot of people who get cancer. Uh, a good friend of mine right now has cancer. Um, and, uh, and I talk to him and I ask how he's doing. And ultimately his cancer is seeming to be treatable. Um, it's actually colon cancer, which is um, even as we're, as you might be listening to this, um, Chadwick Boseman uh, just uh, passed away uh, in the last few weeks from that. Um, as we think about cancer, there's a reason we know what the color pink stands for. It stands for breast cancer awareness. We have walks for breast cancer awareness. I don't see picketers showing up to breast cancer awareness uh, walks with signs that say all cancer matters. But all cancer matters. All cancer is difficult to endure. But there's something unique about breast cancer survivors and their experience. And so we have these gatherings, these get-togethers, and these acknowledgments of their experience. That does not diminish the experience of other people who have had cancer, nor does it diminish that all cancer is difficult to endure. Like, the idea that that is what we've come to when we say Black Lives Matter only reveals even more our racism, that we just struggle <laughs> even to articulate that Black Lives Matter. And I'm just, just, just on a pure semantics piece here. I would say we can say Black Lives Matter while also critiquing an organization that, um, that uses the same phrasing. I can say I love football while also saying the NFL's got problems. Uh, I can, you know, like, I, I think um, there's a way of saying, I don't want to let go of this phrasing simply because either whoever phrased it, whoever started to begin with, because it's trying and attempting to bring dignity to people um, and humanity to people who have been um, not provided that for so long. Yeah, Frank, what do you think about um, Black Lives Matter and BLM and that phrasing as, I mean, as a black person who, uh, who probably hears it and has opinions about it as well? Yeah, so, I mean, it's, it's interesting, right? So BLM, like as you, as you very accurately mentioned, I think it's important. One of the things I really love that you do is you set up the genesis of when things happen. A lot of people don't even know when BLM started. BLM is yeah. only six years old. You know, yeah. BLM is... BLM is not a hundred-year-old organization or anything like that. BLM, um, in previous conversations we've kind of had offline, is even though there are some, I would just want to address the organizational part first, even though there are some extreme parts maybe a BLM people might have, as you mentioned, it's an extreme response to an ongoing problem, right, starting in 1619 um, in this country. So when you look at BLM, it's like, wow, so basically 400 years later, an organization came up with something that a country for basically its whole history had tried to marginalize those people. And now people are really, really mad about that. You know, so, so one of the things I want to say is, I will say this, I'm not defending all the things about BLM, but one thing I'll say is very interesting is I'll give BLM credit for this, the organization. I'm only talking organization right now. They, if you go on their website, people have gone there and said, Oh, you know, I looked at it and they said they don't support, you know, they don't support the nuclear family. They support this village thing couple things with that. One is there is something I believe to having a village. Now I'm not saying that you 
get rid of the father and think that I believe that, you know, there's mother father thing. But I think that one of the problems we have, and this is, an, this is an economic show, but we have a retirement problem coming. And part of that is we don't believe in multi-generational living. We have decided that, hey, we're just going to move out, move wherever, get a job and hopefully be able to retire. And I'm telling you, this crisis, this COVID, that's putting all people in a lot of strain where if there was more mm. foundation, more structure, familial, they would be able to survive that better. Think about if you live with your grandparents. I'm not talking about you particularly, but I'm just saying like, if you have, right now people are going back to school, we have kids at home and parents trying to work. Hey, if you if you had your in-laws, grandparents yeah. living there, they could provide some support. I'm not saying it's, it's amazing, but we've conditioned ourselves to live a certain way where we have this three or four person unit and we're supposed to do everything. And I'm telling you that COVID exposed the, the shortcomings of, even if you only have one child, as I have, my wife and I, we had two on one playing zone defense. We're getting, we're getting burned. We're still getting burned. I thought you had deep. I thought you were deep. You know, don't let her get behind you. Don't let her get behind you. Right. So, so, so that's great. And, and I can just imagine you have, you know, three children. So what I'm saying is I say all that to say, at least BLM says what they're about. What's funny is we all we do as Christians, we come in and we, we, we look at everything else and then we say, oh, that's not right. We don't tell we don't tell people what we're about. We don't show people what we're about. So we go on somebody's website, but it's like, what do we lay out about ourselves? What, what do people, when people look at you and you say, I'm a Christian, what does, where's the organizational information on you? What can they know from you? What can they know from your character? So one thing that you said very interestingly is when you say BLM, and if you're, say if you say you're of faith and you're christian and you and you hear the word blm and you react negatively i I would i would ask you to check your heart because i would say why are you defensive over your brothers how can you love god who you have not seen but you don't love the brothers who you see every day there Mm. there are so many people at levels it's not just the poor black people there's people like lebron james like how much money does lebron james have i don't know but let's just put like this he doesn't have to work if he retired from the nba today he can go down to one of the greatest players and he's pretty wealthy. Right. But yet, why is he, why does he care? Like, why do all these athletes care? Right. Like, like, I think there's something needs to be looked at. It's like, there is a people that's hurting. There's people that's oppressed. Even whenever you listen to this, maybe it's a couple weeks ago, maybe it's a month ago, but the point is it wasn't because they weren't well paid. They are, trust me, insanely well paid, but there was something in their constant where they were like, man, it just, and we need and we need to have a heart for that. We need to have a heart to where the church should be doing what it's, it's so funny that we criticize BLM, we criticize NBA players, but we should be in that position. We should be the re, they should not even have to take that stance because we should be standing in the gap for those mm-hmm. marginalized, whether obviously as I'm a black person, I'm a black man, BLM, but whatever it is. And so I would say the phrasing is definitely something that needs to be embraced and not um co-opted into well what about this what about that no it's it's the 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 true story is black lives do matter very much so because without it much of the wealth that you know white people have and not necessarily just and some people are like oh whoa that's you're going too crazy but what i'm saying is there's the wealth that came from slavery that was never paid back so to say so that was seed that was planted that grew into into generational wealth before black people could even be a person you know we have the missouri compromise where black people are three-fifths of a person and Mm. then you know so you have all these things in history and missouri compromise was 1865 something like that you have an electoral college 
that's still based on slavery. So for people that don't think, don't understand Black Lives Mattering, there is a very um, insane history that, that, that needs to be addressed. And I think BLM was just an extreme response to the fact that the dominant culture, I don't even like to call it white privilege as much because I feel like that is something, I, I call it dominant culture, um, the dominant culture like understanding was just like, it's easy just to, to, br to brush these things off because it doesn't feel like it matters because it happened a long time ago, but there's ripple effects and BLM is that ripple effect saying, hey, they're still like, we matter and here's why and here's what's going on. And, and, and so, you know, just, just for me, I think that organizationally, one of the things interesting you said, they're decentralized. So you can have any type of chapter BLM. So I think that's important to, to look at and look at and understand. But more importantly, we need to make sure that as Christians that we're not just criticizing other people, we need to make sure we're coming and saying like, like for mm. instance, we don't say to say defund the church, we say rebuild the kingdom. We need to come with a solution, right? Like if you listen to this podcast, you hear the intro, it says defund the church, rebuild the kingdom. We're not just anarchists trying to just dismantle something. We're not just criticizing. We're saying let's let's add the, the Jesus solution uh, and, and not just the esoteric Jesus solution. Let's put our hands into the plow and let's let our brothers know let you know if I would say this if you listen to this and you're um you know I, I can't say this if you're a white person you have and you have black friends if you haven't texted them during this crisis you should and I don't mean like you need to say are you okay but just 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 reach out because this, this this is just the time where we have to come together we have to come together right this this is everyone's problem I think um and I think that's you know what we have to understand black lives matter because all lives do matter and the, and the reason why Black Lives Matter is because we are a part of God's kingdom, Revelation 7, 9. I think that needs to be understood that diversity is something that God champions and he's excited mm. about. So I just want to leave, kind of leave that there. And yeah, and, and, so, yeah. so one, one more thing you said there, you said decentral, decentralized. One of the important things I think in the church is that we don't really understand decentralized leadership very well because the church doesn't operate that way. Our culture doesn't operate that way. Very few groups that as a white person growing up, I was a part of were decentralized leadership. So recognizing that like, that's what I was trying to say with the grassroots organizations. It's like there's a decentralization of the leadership, intentional decentralization. They don't want to be in charge in the way that we see a top-down structure that is going to create PR nightmares. I'm just going to say that. <laughs> like, that's going to create PR nightmares because you don't have a funnel that everything's running through. Um, and there's great things about that because you're more fluid, you're faster, you can move on things faster. But sometimes that also means that some people get a certain amount of control and they move on the wrong thing. So, any organization that's decentralized, which by the way, the church initially was decentralized, probably important to note, um, when it was its most powerful. Um, <laughs> uh, any organization that's decentralized is probably going to be largely misunderstood and mischaracterized. Um, and, and so that's just part of also being a decentralized organization. When you talked about the family unit and the idea that it takes a village, the idea that, look, this is another situation where we get into this either or talk. It is both and. 
It is the defense of kids need their moms and their dads and they need a village. Like they need all of it. Like every, so uh, I, I was very connected to, um, to some data work as a youth pastor that was done where it said a child to, to successfully hold on to their faith needs 10 adult influences in their life. 10. I mean, most kids, they're lucky if they, if they have five, their parents have done extraordinarily well at, but ultimately it's just, it was just charting the impact of adult influences of faith in their life for them to carry their faith beyond high school. Um, and, and the success at which they would. Um, and so the, the point I'm trying to make is in life in general, we need influence from others from different backgrounds, different experiences, different generations. As, as kids, we need that. Um, we don't need to fight for the family by declaring we don't need that. Like, I don't understand, or, or we don't need to fight, you know, for the village by declaring we don't need the nuclear family. Like, this isn't an either or thing. Both have their advantages and both together are the ultimate advantage. Like, that, that to me is another place where we just see this rush to pick a side, to pick a tribe, to align our side and just go. Um, instead, we really need to start thinking as Christians about what it means to approach conversations with a desire to consider if there's a both and instead of an either or. And I just want to remind everyone listening who has a problem with identifying with Black Lives Matter because of the organization's wrongdoings. Again, as Frank so, so incredibly put it, six years old. The church is 2,000 years old. And if you want me to, I could tell you all the things Christians have done in the name of God that would make you not want to ever call yourself a Christian again. And that's storied history. And you could honestly argue that the church through history has been far more on the side of violence and oppression than they have been on the side of justice and, and life-giving in their communities. Um, it was Christians that supported slavery. It was Christians that purport, uh, supported Jim Crow laws. It was Christians that supported segregation. It was, uh, <laughs> it was people doing their Christian duty when they signed up for the KKK. Uh, a, by the way, a self-proclaimed Christian organization. Uh, you can go read, I think it's actually, oddly enough, I want to say it's in like Better Homes and Gardens or some random magazine, a huge interview in the 1930s with this new leader in Germany. And it talks all about his Christian faith. Uh, this would be Adolf Hitler. Um, so terrible things have been done in the name of Jesus from people who claim to be Christians. If you're concerned with attaching your name and your good honor with Black Lives Matter because it might come across to some people as Marxist, I would say you probably need to stop calling yourself a Christian and think of another name for it. Or I, I, I guess I'm saying that same logic applied to a broken church, because it is. Look, Black Lives Matter is broken too. It's not a perfect organization. And you don't even have to support the organization. You can just support the saying that people's lives matter. And ultimately, when we say that, at least when I say that, here's what I think. When I say Black Lives Matter, when I'm at a protest and I'm chanting Black Lives Matter, in my mind, what I'm thinking is, we're going to have to chant this for a long time before we actually start believing it. Me too. I'm going to have to start chanting it for a long time before I actually believe it. Because so much of our culture has taught us that these lives don't matter. So much of what we see in policy 
and in reality now on cell phone videos is that these lives don't matter. And so the least I can do is say it, say it loud in hopes that just I will begin to actually be transformed and believe it. And so even if you're unwilling to post it to Facebook, unwilling to tell your friends, say it to yourself because you need it too. That was, that was very good. That was very well said. I think, um, you know, like I said, I just encourage, encourage people to continue to, uh, as, as we've talked in previous podcasts, have, have this conversation in humility. If you have a problem, um, you know, with the phrase, you know, talk to somebody or talk, there, there's people, you, 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 we're on Facebook. So we all know people on both sides. So if you're, if you're, <laughs> if you're, if you're, if you're having questions, reach out to um, s- someone you trust and have the conversation. Don't have it on Facebook, right? I think it's another thing that people need to stop doing is, you know, stop getting into these posting wars with each other about certain things, right? I, th- I think that a lot of things could be discussed and understood in a form where if you get called out on your page, it's, it's more difficult to like stand down versus if we just have this conversation. Because then it's pride, right? It's my territory. You came on my page and you're saying that I'm, I'm in the wrong and, and many times we're in the wrong, right? Like we're both married. So we know any, 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 any day, any time you can be wrong, you could think you've done something right and it comes back. So I, I just, but, but the thing is, we don't, we don't, we don't live. I mean, you know, we don't live our marriage, you know, and you shouldn't do this either. You shouldn't live your marriage on Facebook. That way, everything, mm, you know, you yeah. should, you, I don't argue with my wife on Facebook. Cause that's just crazy. Right. Hey, you didn't do this. And then it's like, everybody's yeah. seeing, you know, like, we got to look at that too. We have, we have to also make our relationships. Yeah. Out. Real quick, real right. quick. A, a friend of mine actually commented on one of my posts. Uh, and this is, this is a crazy story. His, his parents uh, were, um, were in Nazi Germany and he has some real concerns with black lives matter and Marxist thoughts within that whole movement. We went and got dinner together and spent four hours maybe even five, it was a long time, uh, just talking, just talking. We see things very differently, but we also see things very similarly in some places. If I had tried to have that conversation in the comment section of that post, are you kidding me? We would have only had our differences um, when we walked away from that com- those comments and we probably would have unfriended each other. I don't know. Uh, being face to face with somebody, which obviously this culture and at this time right now, that's hard. But even a Zoom call where you can talk it out is so much more beneficial or a phone call is so much more beneficial than trying to work out deep, complex conversations online in the comment section. Because more often than not, you and them are trying to virtue signal, whether you admit it or not, which is just the idea that like, I'm going to look so virtuous in my comment section on the way that I stand my ground on this particular subject. And they're doing the same thing because other people get to read in when you're just you two having a conversation, all of that gets pushed to the side because no one's a part of this. It's just you two. And ultimately I think that's the best way we can love our neighbor in these difficult conversations is to say, I love you enough to pick up the phone and have this conversation um, if you really want to. And, uh, and, and that to me is where, in my experience, I, 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 I can't think of anybody who's changed their mind because of a post I made on Facebook, but I can think of a lot of people who, and I can think of a lot of times where I've changed my mind through phone calls and through face-to-face meetings. So definitely encourage you to import humanity into these difficult conversations. 
Amen. Amen. Like I said, that's 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 a perfect way to kind of wrap this up again. We want to encourage all listeners to subscribe, iTunes, Stitcher, Podbean, other major podcast platforms. Make sure you visit defundthechurch.com where you can uh, learn more about the movement, rebuild the kingdom. Again, we want to thank all our listeners. We really can't do this without your support. Continue to have those conversations and compassion and love. Again, look at everything through the lens of Jesus. Continue to pray. And we just thank you again. Thank you for listening. And we'll see everyone very soon on another episode of Defund the Church. Thank you for listening to the podcast. Please subscribe and iTunes, Stitcher, Podbean, and other major podcast platforms. And also, don't forget to visit defundthechurch.com where you can find news and information on how to support this movement and rebuild the kingdom. Thank you.